0: And welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from TheNextReel.com. And I'm Pete Wright, also from The NextReel. We're looking at John Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man. And closing out the week with us is Niall McGowan, back from the Bat Minute. Yeah. Welcome back.
1: Just call us Bat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> on today's show, uh, Minute 115 is what we're looking at The minute starts with Agent Coulson talking to Tony about his port papers And it ends with Pepper telling Tony to get the show on the road This is our, uh, we're kind of in that, uh, that, that pause, uh, that beat after the big climax Everybody's taking a breath, we're kind of building to the, the end of the film And uh, it's, it's just a nice moment, kind of wrapping things up here With uh, Agent Coulson as we get to do here um, but before we do that, we talked we talked a little bit yesterday about the text scrolling on the TV. I wanted to finish uh, reading that into, that information for you. So uh, last we left off, we had Stark Industries shares soar on rumors of new technological breakthrough. Breaking news: Mystery surrounds bizarre hydrogen bus explosion on Howard Stark Memorial Parkway in Long Beach. Traffic diverted to alternate routes while structural damage to freeways is assessed and power is restored. Damage control officials to issue report in coming days. There is speculation that this explosion... And that's all we get to find out (laughs) on the news report. But a couple of interesting things. So uh, there's apparently rumors of a new technological breakthrough with Stark Industries. I don't know if they're thinking it's the suit or if it's the, the uh, maybe it's just the the light in the sky. I don't know what this is, but apparently it's uh, helping Stark Industries out. And then I think it's really funny that they throw in this strange hydrogen bus explosion as if that's the cause of, <laughs> of the problems on the freeway. Not the two big metal men having a fight. That's too
2: funny. So, the plane at the end of Captain America First Avenger, you know, that great big one, like a Vulcan something or other, is that the same plane that's flying over this giant, like, mural on the wall, the defense plant and the arsenal of democracy? I assume that's Howard, that's Stark, Uh, like, opening the plant. Yeah, I was going
1: to ask what that. What that picture is, because I wasn't too sure of like, is this a, a genuine picture of a historical event or is it a mock-up, like, like of a thing that yeah, yeah, Howard Stark has done?
2: I wonder. I don't. I actually don't think it's the same plane. The the Valkyrie in uh uh that that Hydra bomber doesn't have props on it. So,
0: and we've seen um, a number of black and white photos around Tony's office and, ra- yeah. and around the kind of the Stark um, Industries property throughout a lot and it's it's tricky a lot of times it does feel like they're using just real photos real black and white photos that they found on probably shutterstock and purchased and printed large so they could just have some interesting militaristic looking kind of old school photos up on the wall so to that end i feel like a lot of it probably is real historical photos that they have um, decided to use in context of it but then there are times where i wonder if they've doctored them in some way to kind of fit a little more with kind of the history of stark industries and whatnot and so i don't know i like i it's not a photo that i've found online anywhere to be able to say was this a real defense plant i don't know but it it is interesting and i like that they do it and yeah i I don't know if it matters so much but it would be really cool to find out that they did manipulate it in some way and then the later films used that to kind of uh, play around within the context of their stories
2: well, and I love the message to de- Defense Plant and Arsenal of Democracy as they're talking about how to hide Tony's efforts as an arsenal of democracy. You know, I think there's something nice about that. <laughs> how ironic.
1: Somebody give me some marbles to chew on. <laughs> That's a weird thing. Like, have you guys noticed? Maybe you've talked about it in the show before, but, like, something's going on with Jeff Bridges' mouth these days. Like... He, could, he seems to be in a permanent state of kind of talking like he's eating toffee or something these days. He's got a real, yeah. like, no, I just want to talk like this now. And it's kind of, the, the, he's not doing it in this movie, but nowadays it's like, oh yeah, this is like, his lips are just trying to, like, clench onto his teeth or something. There's just something some weird going on there. But it does feel very
0: much of that character that he's taken on for um, the last decade. Really kind of that yeah. cowboy, the Rooster Cogburn character that he's been it seems like he's living as much as as performing in his films these days.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> so it's kind of funny that that it's become. And he so only prevalent. he
2: only takes roles where he can do this with his mouth, <laughs> and that's kind of where he is now.
0: <laughs> right. uh, let's see, we've got uh, we've got Pepper. Uh, just some great stuff going on here. I think just the real kind of the 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 way that she's working him. It, I swear, I always wonder what does Pepper not do for Tony she she seems to handle everything at his house somebody's like refilling drinks and i mean she's bringing coffee but somebody's setting out the booze and and cleaning things up is pepper doing all that and then also helping run the company like I, and here she is like putting on his makeup for him I, I just question the lengths that pepper goes to to kind of keep her boss happy
2: <laughs> yeah yes uh, agreed, because you know there are there's only so many uh, hours in in the day. She's very very busy. I feel like we need a Pepperpot spinoff. <laughs> like maybe the new Disney uh, Marvel Hulu relationship is going to give us a a new spinoff. It's just Pepperpots.
0: Well, I hope we find yeah. out that she's got like she's one of us like triplets, and all of them right. work for, for Tony <laughs> like duplicity, and, and maybe he doesn't even realize it. But they just kind of <laughs> yeah. the, this is how they actually get
1: everything done thing is like it's it's because pepper funny. is essentially just like his alfred like it's, it's, you, you have the advice yeah. that you're trying to make it though no jarvis is his alfred because it's like a it's, he sounds like an english butler but it's like no that's the, that's the that's the ploy as pepper is the alfred the whole damn time
2: yeah she's been doing the work um can i can i just make a nod to the line this isn't my first rodeo mr stark mm. that when we started this show I did not know, in fact, what Coulson's first rodeo was. And now we do. Yeah. yeah we'll I think the first rodeo is was Captain Marvel. And I find that enormously satisfying, too. Mm.
1: And it's going to be so weird if you try to do a rewatch of these movies in, like not release order, but, like, timeline right, order. Chronological order, order. Yeah. yeah. So it will just be this thing, where like, oh, yeah, I watched, like, Captain Marvel, like, second, basically, and then she doesn't show up again for, like, 17 movies or something, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right, there was a character who was, like, way back in the start of this thing. Which is perfect, right? That's exactly
2: what we how we how they want it to happen, where, she, of course, she's not in any of these movies because she's on the other side of the galaxy. Yeah, yeah. I love
0: it. it although it's really weird, though, because somebody, uh, we had... uh um, one of, our, uh, one of our supporters had put a, uh, a link to a, a kind of this thing from, I don't know who, who published it. I think CNET actually did. The Marvel, Marvel Cinematic Universe, every movie and show in perfect order. And interestingly, they left uh, Captain Marvel after Ant-Man and the Wasp in, in order. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the reason for that is because uh, because solely of the mid-credit sequence, which kind of ties it very much directly to everything going on with Infinity War. Mm. But that's that's where they left it. But weirdly, then also they put Infinity War mm.
1: after it. So I wouldn't like mind that as a. You could take the mid-credits bit as a nice little tease where if you hadn't seen them before, you'd be like, what's all this about? And you don't find out until <laughs> years later. because so actually, I actually did do that because uh, I'm going through my big rewatch at the minute. And I did do a little bit out of order where I watched uh, Ant-Man before Age of Ultron. Because uh, just the fact that I had the choice between the two of them, it's like, well, Atman's shorter, and I don't have much time tonight, so uh, I've gone for this. <laughs> and I kind of forgot. That there's loads of illusions. The Age of Ultron. They talk about like, oh yeah, the freaking the Avengers out there dropping cities out of the sky and all this kind of thing. And I, right. uh, as watching, I was like, I like, I like it this way though. Because if you if they had released it first, the audience would be like, wait, what happened? Was what, the Avengers done? And then you'd be like, there's an Avengers movie coming out. And you're like, oh crap, we're gonna see this one to find out what happened. <laughs>
0: It's, it's a really interesting order. And I, I, it will be fun to kind of play around with that and just kind of watch things. I mean, obviously, we're all watching them as they're released because we're watching them as soon as they're released. But it would be interesting to, you know, like down the road... Like 10 years from now, or whatever, when people start coming up with their own, like, you know, there's the machete order for Star Wars and these different orders for how you should watch these movies to really make it all make sense.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm actually already working on our infographic for the uh, Marvel Movie Minute listening order. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry about it. I got that covered.
1: Yeah. Oh, we'll have a whole I've seen people, people whole list order. it down, though, like, oh, preferred order. And they always put. They always cluster the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like, yeah, you watch the first one, then you watch the second one. But I always think, like, no, you need to break it up. Like, I put it in, like, they get to Avengers, because that's the culmination of phase one, then Guardians of the right. Galaxy. And then you take a break from those guys for a little while. And then after Age of Ultron, then you're back. We're like, oh, yeah, so now you've seen the culmination of another Avengers movie. Back to the Guardians of what they're up to and stuff. and. I don't understand why you'd want them to have this random bit in the middle of your story where, like, yeah, we went with these guys for, like, four hours, and then we won't see them again for, like, eight more movies. It just doesn't make any sense to me.
0: Yeah, I think Iron Man and Iron Man 2 are the only ones that are pretty close to each other. Everything else is is spaced out well, kind of across phases. It's mm. still
1: not that odd so. phase of, like, oh, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, you don't have to as well. <laughs> like, it's You could watch it if you want to, but you don't have to. <laughs> Oh Niall, we have to. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be doing <laughs> we that. Do. We you, have to. you have my sympathies, guys. <laughs> oh,
0: I, I, I like that one. I, I don't think. Uh, I think it's a little unjustly disdained because it's so different. But I'm I'm looking forward to talking about it. I think it'll be interesting.
1: See, I, I liked it at the time in the cinema. I was like, oh, that was okay. And then I caught it. Again, though it was cut down for TV, so maybe that was what was doing the damage. But the second viewing was like after so many great Marvel movies that come out, I was watching it like, oh, this is this is terrible. Like it was, but it might have been just in comparison to the good stuff that had come since. So it's um, yeah, I yeah, I, I remember there was yeah. a bit though. And again, you you guys will talk about it, but like I was sitting watching it, and out of nowhere. Michael K. Williams disappears on screen for like a split second. And I was like, what the hell's is he doing here? And then he didn't show up the rest of the movie. And I was like, did he have a major part? Because he can't just throw in friggin' Omar from The Wire and have him for a split second, <laughs> like a Stan Lee cameo or something. And then have people going like, wait, what? Why was he there?
0: Yeah, we'll have a lot to talk about with him and everyone else uh, next year when we get to The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> that will be interesting. Um, so we, we get a little nod to the bodyguard story, uh, here in this minute as Tony's like, what, what's this whole thing with this bodyguard cover up? Uh, It seems a little flimsy. And I like that he points that out. And I, I also like that they have it because that is for the longest time. In the comics, that, that was the excuse that they had. Is that they said Iron Man is Tony Stark's bodyguard, mm. and that's kind of how they went in the comics. So it's a, it's a nice nod to have that here as the cover story.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a good um, good to have your bases covered. Where like, because uh, you might get some of the hardcore hardcore older fans been like, oh, you yeah. bring us up, and like, yeah, there you go. It's it's been. We've, we've, it's in there. It's kind of like I always felt that, the again, you guys will talk talk about it in several years' time, but I always felt that they were really covering their bases at the end of Iron Man 3 when they actually have uh, Killian say, like, you know, I am the Mandarin. Just so they can't be like, oh, they didn't even do the Mandarin. It's like he—he he is the—he is the character, like that guy right there. He is declaring, "I am the Mandarin." That's <laughs> our version of the character. It wasn't Ben Kingsley; it was this guy. But people still didn't right. get that. People still complained about it. But I took it to be like, no, that's i going, no, he, the Mandarin isn't. He is a character in it. It's just it's Guy Pierce, It's not the other guy.
0: And then, uh, and then we get the final reveal in this minute. Uh, as pepper goes to to thank agent colson for all of his help and tries to tries to repeat the acronym that he has and she uh he interrupts her and says
1: just call us shield there it is (laughs) (laughs) the thing is though it's one of these it's great in the movie and in 2008 in the cinema this was just like oh my god (laughs) Uh uh-huh but like in years since with all the stuff that they laid out with the MCU, it's kind of like it took them this long to come up with the name Shield. Like you see, friggin' Peggy Carter in Shield way back when. They never thought to shorten it, and then you're kind of like, wait a minute, they never thought to just take the initials of the friggin' big war- the big phrase they kept saying and just make Nick Fu- cool as cool as all hell. Nick Fury never went. Why don't we just call it? Oh, look, that makes Shield. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right. If what you are the odds? just the first
2: let you guys how have we not seen it I get the feeling from this sequence with Colson's delivery here that uh, sometime in between the last scene where they had to address the name shield and this time there was a meeting like a complete bureaucratic meeting and they said okay we're fine it is now officially sanctioned by marketing that you can say shield <laughs> and so he is just saying telling everybody don't worry about it my email address is now shield gov and it's okay. <laughs> I just feel like there's there's a this this
0: is a project, it's a marketing project that's underway and I would see that movie too. Mm. I'm totally forgetting now. Did they reference Shield at all in Captain Marvel as SHIELD? Did
1: yes. they ever say yeah? SHIELD? Uh, I
2: don't know. They have
1: the Shield the Shield hat, uh, cap that they're talking about going undercover and she's like, Do you think it's intelligent yeah. to wear a a cap with your your Shield logo on it and stuff? So yeah, they did. But is it just the logo, or, or does it say S period H period I period E period o I period. think a D period, or uh-huh. I think it might just be the the emblem. So maybe they got okay. they got around it that way. But
2: I'd be interested too, because at the at the very end, when Fury's working on the computer and he's typing out the Protectors Initiative, the Avengers Initiative, that thing, there's a there. I think it says something about Shield on the uh-huh. on the screen, maybe. Yeah.
0: So maybe maybe this is just proof that Agent Coulson is just really <laughs> slow, and he never got. That that all of those words put together or created this acronym shield, <laughs> or
2: maybe he's just very precise. He's precise, not slow. He's <laughs> right.
0: precise. He's precise. He he's like, if this is what it's called, let's mm, call. That's it right. That. <laughs> no,
2: you you made it. You made up those words. We These have the to words. stick to we're it. Yeah, the we're
1: gonna own it. It could be that like the previous Colson you saw was like a dodgy clone who wasn't quite all there, so he'd never pieced together. Like, oh yeah, it's spelled <laughs> oh, Shield. Right. And now he's he died. A- they brought in a new Colson and he's like, yes, it's Shield. And that's why he's so abruptly was like, just call Shield. And mm-hmm. just <laughs> He's the life model decoy. Oh, yeah.
2: oh no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah. Or maybe the last maybe there was more uh scroll work going on that yeah, we were realizing. Exactly. I
1: would have liked to see though if they yeah. had a scene in Captain Marvel where like Nick Fury's talking about, he calls it the big long phrase. And she's just like, why don't you just call yourself S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. or something? Like and then, as if the <laughs> internet wasn't angry enough about the movie, that would have given us even more fuel to the fire. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, Niall, do you remember uh, when you first saw Iron Man? Did your theater have a big reaction when he said, uh, call a S.H.I.E.L.D.?
1: Well, that, that's the thing. Like, I do remember going to see Iron Man. Uh, it was a, a real... It's kind of bizarre because it was an opening day thing where I was like, oh, I had to see this thing. Whereas... Um, I'm sure, like a lot of people, like the, the character. I knew him, but like I I mostly knew the Marvel verse from the cartoons, like the animated Spider Man and the animated Iron Man. Even though it wasn't on as much, uh, and because like my hometown, in Ireland, you, getting access to like Marvel comics wasn't you know it wasn't easy. Basically, <laughs> there wasn't a thing to shipped in quite regularly, Um you know you can get them anywhere now, but. Uh, so at the time, like I knew, it, like oh yeah, Iron Man. I remember that cartoon. Uh, but it just uh, there was enough buzz about it to be like, oh yeah, you, you should go to this. And then I just knew of like the mythos and stuff. So I, then I, you know, you guys were saying it was telegraphed, but I was sitting there. I just took the joke. It's just like, oh, he's got a, the, the the agency has a really long winded name. And then at the end, when he said, oh, just call a shield," I was like, oh my god! I didn't piece that <laughs> together. That's amazing. <laughs> And I was probably like, oh, it's the like, oh, Nick Fury. Is, and I remember Nick Fury and I got really into it and stuff. Uh, and so I was very excited about it. And um, I do remember there were people there who were like, oh, up, up, up. there was a palpable kind sort of like, oh, there we go. Uh, and then because it was, of course, the first of the MCU, um, I remember me and I didn't know who the people were, but there was a the ragtag band of us who knew oh, you're supposed to stay until the end of the end credits. And we were just like, I remember they brought up the house lights and everything. And there was a guy standing with a brush looking at us like, what are you guys still doing here? <laughs> and we're just like, there's supposed to be a thing. Like, what?" <laughs> I don't know why you brought up the lights and stuff. <laughs> and then there was that worry of like, maybe there's not a thing. Maybe we're all just sitting here like idiots for no goddamn reason. And then like, they did the Avengers Initiative thing. You're like, oh, thank God. Hey, there we go. And um, it's just bizarre that even like friggin' last month going to see Captain Marvel... As soon as the credits start, there's still people who get up and walk out as if they don't know. <laughs> it's just—it's right. crazy to me that like 20 odd movies in, people who were there opening night didn't think like I should stick around t- to see if there's anything after these right. you know directed by credits and stuff. <laughs> it's like, um, but the yeah, I remember that that being the, the my main memory of the movie was just like the the agonizing awkwardness of sitting knowing that there was supposed to be something after the credits. But every everyone else except me and, like, three random guys just, like, sitting there going, like, oh, you heard it, too. This guy's staying, so he must know something. So I think I'm okay. And then, as, like, you know, the they're getting into the proper, the props department stuff, and you're kind of getting really, like, oh, God, the lights are up. This guy's just staring at me. I don't know. I'm thinking he's staring at me because he thinks I know, but I, I'm hoping that he knows. <laughs> And the unbearable awkwardness of it all until like, until you, now, you know, where it's like, of course everyone knows to stay except those random people who still freaking leave.
0: That's so funny. I've always been a credits watcher. I'm like that one, I'm like the guy who the employees are all waiting for. They're all staring like, why is this guy sitting here? And I I don't, I just love sitting and watching credits and, and listening to music and reading names and processing. But it's funny. Because this definitely kind of created a shift, and nowadays you have a lot of people. Because I'll still say regardless, uh, but you'll still you'll have these random people who, if there's not something, or if there's like a mid credit sequence, but not an end credit sequence, then they all complain. They get up
1: and go, like, oh, "I can't believe there wasn't anything there." <laughs> <laughs> I do remember the my hometown theater. Uh, I didn't see it myself, but my brother told me about it that. Uh, outside Batman versus Superman, they actually had a notice saying there are no post-credit scenes. <laughs> just out, up, in the, <laughs> up in the door, as if, like, get the hell out once the credit starts. It's like, we're sick of waiting for you right. damn people to move. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Although it was awkward, too. Like, just there on Friday, I went out to see Shazam, and I forgot to check, so I had to, like, during the end credits, had to turn on my phone and, like, quickly Google, like, are there post-credit scenes in Shazam? <laughs> like, yes, okay, sorry, i to stick around then. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Even the DCU is getting into that. Yeah, That's, which is funny because they initially they said that they weren't going to do that around I think Justice League or something, and then. Uh, but I was surprised actually because of that that when uh, sitting to the end of Shazam that I was
1: like oh they did throw something. Uh, in. I'm curious to see. And again, this will air long after the movie's out. But I'd be curious to see if they do post credit scenes for Endgame because I think it would be right. a real mark of like that was the end of one big era. To not have, and an then like a post credit bit to just be like that was well, the end of the movie. And Feige certainly said that. I mean, what
0: was the what was the thing he said? Pete, he called it like the the end game, or what did he what did he call it? Like this whole twenty two. It's called like the Infinity Saga. Yeah. It,
2: the culmin, it, he said it's a culmination of you know the last twenty two movies, and um, it, yeah, I, I mean it's he he's. The way he's presenting it, this is it. This is the end, and whatever comes next is different.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it would make sense then for them to not have it. But yes, by the time people are listening to this, they're rolling their eyes at at us because uh, they all know mm.
1: already. I was like, exactly. You, know, what what was you idiots don't know. Like freaking Galactus shows up <laughs> in the last goddamn second. <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Well, so, so Niall, we always like to ask our guests uh, before we wrap up uh, what their thoughts are on their rankings as far as all the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I know all 21 <laughs> yes. of them at this point might be a little unwieldy, uh, but do you have like a top five? I
1: was going to say, like, geez, guys, you should have told me in advance I would have to get out the frigging graphs and everything <laughs> to work that one out. Um, actually, at the minute, I would say uh, just purely in terms of enjoyment, uh, I would put Ragnarok on my number one. Um, it's just something, I remember when I first saw it, I was like, yeah, I liked it, but it's a bit too jokey. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, I love this. This is just amazing. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a pure visceral thing of like, hey, here's Thor flying around on a hammer while Immigrant Song's playing. And it's just really crazy. And they're just going for it. And it's very, very funny. And it's just a real, because in the fact, the, the, the title Ragnarok indicates it's going to be a bummer. And then it turns out to be like the one of the most joyous films you could watch in the entire MCU saga, basically. Um, so that's definitely my number one at the minute. Uh, I'd say two probably would be um, the Avengers, just the the first Avengers, uh, just because it's, I still think it stands up as a really well put together uh, movie in terms of like yeah they you know there was joy seeing at the time just like oh they actually got all these characters together and it's just like you know seeing freaking. Cap and Tony bouncing off each other and uh, the, the, the way the story weaved out and just, like, finally seeing all these characters together. It was, you know, it was a novelty at the time, but it still stands up as a as a function in film. It's still very compelling and stuff. Uh, third, I'd probably say um, Civil War because it's, again, it's, a, it's a good culmination of, like, this long-running character arcs that are coming to a, you know, great end like it's um because as much as i wasn't too fussed by age of ultron everything that happens in age of ultron needs to happen to get to the kind of the payoffs in civil war about why tony's doing what he's doing and why cap's doing what he's doing etc cetera, etc cetera. uh so i'll put that probably third um fourth i'll probably put uh guardians of the galaxy one uh just thought just love that movie just tons of fun um it's probably like just, it's just, yeah, just, we just can't really fault it as a film. It's just really, it's just a really good uh, good laugh all around. Um, and every time I watch it, I'm always like, yeah, this is just, I've, I've yet to find any bit of it where I'm nitpicking it or have any beef. It's just like, this was just perfect. I just loved it every second of this. Uh, and then, uh, I guess five would probably be um, I'll give it to Winter Soldier uh, just for being. I I just love the Hydra twist. I love the fact that they yeah, they, they establish this whole thing and then it completely falls apart. And then it's the fact that like, yeah, everything everyone you knew and trusted, it turns out they might not be trustworthy. And it just really gets into some some dark territory. Uh, all the stuff with um Cap and Bucky is fantastic as well. And I just love the fact that like you're the the transition from cheesy old school you know aw shucks Captain America into like it's like him going through his own like Vietnam water gig put together and it's Mm -hmm. it's like all the the stuff he missed in America while he was frozen kind of happens in his own personal way to him through the events of that movie and he comes out a a completely different character at the end Uh, so I think that was that was exceptionally well done but uh, so yeah I guess like off the top of my head those would be my top five
0: That was a solid top five. Those are some good choices up
1: there. So I don't think anyone could find fault
0: with that.
2: I I think that that celebration of how they they really have done an able job of even while making the movies sort of have the a, a similar kind of tonal quality, they're different movies. You know, that Winter Soldier is is at the very top of my list just because it's a like a great sort of spy thriller and I just have so much fun with that. I love how they're they're kind of playing with these uh, these tropes, and they're doing it in a way that, you know, they've created kind of a safe space now after 22 movies to do it. But, um, uh, and, and I I understand critics who are ready to see something new, but I, man, it's just been such a fantastic ride
1: all along the way for me. Hmm. I think I had to pitch someone the Winter Soldier just the other week. I know a guy who's sort of in and out of the movies. He's just not that fussed by them. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was asking about the appeal of these things, and I was I'm like, oh, I mean, like Winter Soldier, that's like their version of like, you know, all the president's men or like the parallax view or something. It's it's the fact that they actually get in friggin' Robert Redford to be in the movie to take a direct, like, this. we got the same friggin' guy in it and everything. Um, And just the fact that from, you know, this week, obviously, it's ages ago now, the people listening, but they had that Joker trailer came out and the whole thing, the buzz about it is like, oh, it looks like They've mm-hmm. essentially made Taxi Driver, but it's about the Joker. And they've even got, like, it visually looks like Taxi Driver and everything. That's kind of like, you know, who would have thought to, to, you know, make a, a, like a, a comic book movie based on something from, like, the 70s? I was <laughs> right. like, well, Winter Soldier already <laughs> <right>. did it. <laughs> So
0: <laughs> <laughs> Way ahead of them, way ahead of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice to see that they're, they're giving some nice... Uh, vibes to them that that feel different you know ant-man had a great kind of heist movie feel and and they're they're allowing these other genres to kind of bleed in and i think because of that they're creating some really interesting films that don't just feel like standard cookie cutter superhero movies Mm -hmm. well niall thanks again for being with us all week and chatting about these uh these wonderful
1: minutes of iron man we're glad to have had you oh yeah happy to be here guys happy to pop back uh anytime Uh, I know um, because we're near done with Batman Returns, but you guys are welcome to pop over for... Batman Forever. I don't know if that's a, if you, how you, strong you feel in that movie. Um, but you're more than welcome to come in and talk about a few minutes of that once we start that later in the year, if you should so wish.
0: Oh, yeah. I would love to talk about that one. I, that's a, actually, I think, a pretty interesting one. So I think it's probably my second favorite of those those
1: four films. Oh, so. I've surprised. That would be, be good to talk about. Yeah. I've been surprised so yeah. far. There's been a lot of positive feedback about Batman Forever in the lead up to it. So. Well, it's not, uh, it's
0: not Schumacher's... Uh, <laughs> the debacle that became the fourth one mm. so uh well would you like to tell everybody uh where they can learn more about Batman and uh you online
1: oh yeah uh well you just get me through all the Batman stuff uh and yeah, just, we're available under Batman on pretty much all the things. Like, we're in there under Facebook. We've got the Batman Listeners Cave, which is a, like a proper discussion group, but uh, you do have to join. It's like, I think there's like security questions, uh, as far as I'm aware, but I'm not too sure. How, I'm pretty sure they're quite easy to get past. Uh, and uh, yeah, on Twitter, just Batman, Instagram. Uh, I think there's a grinder. There's a whole bunch of stuff out there. Like as, far, as far as I'm aware, we're, we're on everything. So, um, uh, And yeah, just um, uh, if you want to listen to the show, of course, we're on all of your major podcatchers and iTunes and whatnot. All the links in the show notes. Awesome.
0: Well, everybody, that is it for today's show. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at thenextreel.com Patreon. Until next time, true believers.